Welcome to another episode of the Recovery Connection, a podcast focused on plugging in Ottawa's recovery community. Our mission is to connect and educate our communities on the vast resources available to us all. And we aim to break down the stigma through meaningful conversations and foster a sense of belonging for those who are in or seeking recovery. Now, I guess I got to introduce the two of you. We'll start with Kelty because yeah. she's a repeat, so it should be quick. <laughs> there we hey, go. say hello. Oh, Who I'm are introducing Kelty. Okay. Introducing <laughs> Kelty. Yeah. I'm yeah. Kelty Davidson. I'm the executive director of Capital City Mission. We run a drop-in center in Lower Town, Ottawa. And uh, whereabouts, like specific, if people need to find us? Yeah, if you need to find us, we're at the corner of Rideau and Coburg. So just just east of you know the byward market and west of vanier excellent your turn all righty i'm ashley gibbons um i am from restoring hope ministries i am the addiction intervention worker as well as the supervisor volunteer trainer um i wear lots of hats um and we are (laughs) located at the corner of laurier and elgin um at the big church on first baptist we're in the basement and we are a homeless youth shelter as well as we have um, addiction programming and housing initiatives and now we have a women's program. That's right. Yes. Can you can you talk about that for plug it for a minute because I know it's new. Absolutely. Yes. So in at uh, the very end of April, uh, we officially launched our new women's program for survivors of human trafficking. Yeah. So it is every Friday from 12 to 4 at the church in the basement um, for females only at this time. We do want to expand in the future, mm-hmm. um, but right now it's just for females um, and there is no age limit Beautiful. right now. So anyone can come in. We have um, a psycho, I'll say psychotherapist, but I'm not sure if that's her exact title. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Someone Laura D'Amico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has her counseling. <laughs> Um, masters and stuff so she's amazing so she's there and then we have like housing services and a bunch of um mental health stuff and sexual health stuff and so yeah it's great excellent excellent it's nice to see something like that get started yeah Yeah. we have a few more things under the works right now but but we need money we need money we always need money (laughs) cool so we're going to have a really informal conversation tonight. And, and because we have Gratitude Day coming up for Jericho Road, I wanted to, to kind of uh, uh, blend it around gratitude, right? Because we all got something to be grateful for. Yep. But um, I wanted to start off with talking about community because this is, um, you know, a, a nice opportunity for three different um, uh, ministries, or I, I shouldn't say ministries, um, three different organizations getting together and, and talking about what's important. So um, on, on the line of gratitude, I wanted to start off with, um, let's start off with community. What does community mean to you? Oh, you're doing the yeah. ice to me. I start. Okay. So you jump in, jump okay. in. We're very informal <laughs> around here. Okay. So to me, um, Community is really just a group of people who share like similar values, beliefs, or like similar something. There's something that they all share together that they enjoy, whether mm-hmm. like for some people, like church is their community, right? For other people, it's their music group is their community. So like everyone has a different type of community. Um, 
But to me, community is really interesting because it's so influenced by the group, mm-hmm. right? And it can change. So, like, the community can be influenced and kind of adapt and evolve and change on a daily basis sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Like, it's, like, monthly basis. But I just think it's interesting how it shapes accordingly to the people who are involved mm-hmm. in the community. So, yeah, to me, community is just people who have the same values or beliefs or things hobbies they like Mm -hmm. make them happy and you build a community around that i think i think two communities are very um um uh, intersected yes and i and i see that a lot in in our recovery communities Mm. right um so so i always say that jericho road's a community yes and and the the fellowship of the of the 12 step people is a community and our churches are communities Mm -hmm. but a lot of times those three communities all intersect and can be at the same time. Yeah. So that's what I think when I think of community. I think of the intersection of, of different communities, right? Yeah. What do you think of when you talk about community? Yeah, I think I was thinking as you were both talking how community is, it can be really broad mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. also be the most kind of fundamental thing in our life. So I think of mm-hmm. the neighborhood I grew up in, in a sense, that's a community, but I didn't necessarily know all my neighbors or we have community centers that are meant for the community Mm -hmm, but people mm -hmm. don't necessarily always know each other there Uh, and then I think about community that is the people that kind of sustain our daily lives and support us and Mm -hmm. keep us from living in isolation so it's broad but it's also um, the core of kind of human need is community yeah and that was something else I was thinking of because I'm a firm believer that uh, we need to live in community. I think we were designed to oh, yeah. live in community. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We need one another, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing you were saying about the community center, I was about to butt, butt my voice in and and say um, uh, those places are underused. Mm. They are. Right? Why, why do you think that is? Ashley made a good point when she was saying that uh, community is or shaped by, you know, an individual that's part of it or changes day to day. And I think that for a community to form, it often needs that, that person with the ability to connect. Mm -hmm. And I think our community centers, they have staff there with roles, but they don't necessarily have a community host. They don't necessarily have that person designed to create hospitality and bring people together. Um, Just as an example, It, it becomes a service. Yeah, a service yeah. or even there's just a, a void of hosting. It's a yeah. building that's open. Yeah. It's like a disconnect. But there's not necessarily a, a host. That's very insightful. Very insightful. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I like that. No, really. Yeah. yeah. So how do we fix that? You come to Restoring Hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all about is about. And I like the that you brought that up, like the CUNY centers and how like there's people there in the role but it doesn't mean that a community is coming together. And like for us, like one of our biggest thing at Restoring Hope Ministries is like building a community with the youth of like unconditional love, right? And like you can come here and you won't be judged. And there will always be people that are here to talk to you mm-hmm. and just really be present. And like our biggest thing is building relationships with our youth mm-hmm. and getting connections and building that trust and that love. So, like, for me, like, I, there's some youth I've known for seven years now, mm-hmm. right? So, 
they'll be going through a hard time. Even if I haven't spoken to them in two years, they'll come out to me and be like, hey, I need to talk. And I'm like, yeah, like absolutely. Or we won't have seen them for four years. And then they relapse, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they come back to the shelter. But like, that's you're right. Like, that's such a big thing is just building that rapport and that relationship with other community members Mm -hmm. so we can make the atmosphere community and love and support and and so that kind of leads me into so how how do we build community how do how do we foster community how do we build community how do we um ensure that community is there for those who need it i think that yeah just having i mean if i'm thinking about it in the larger society having places that feel hospitable having safe places where people know they're they're welcome to be there and they're Mm. not going to have a security guard come in move them along (laughs) or uh you know they're not going to be told you need to buy something else if you want to stay in the food court yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. um and then within kind of our drop-in center when i think about how we build community yeah it's through making sure it's a safe place it's through trying to remember everyone's name it's Mm. through knowing that it's uh, a single double that they want in their coffee, not a double double. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. these little things. Yeah. Um, but then it's also allowing people to be themselves in the space. Yeah. So mm-hmm. letting that space be open enough that people can come in and bring themselves, mm-hmm. and like you're talking about, be accepted, be welcomed, mm-hmm. be unconditionally loved. Yeah, yeah. How how do you think community helps? Uh, people what are the benefits of community for the people that we serve well i would say for the people that we serve like in general like the the three of us as organizations i think that the community that we provide as organizations just really provides them a sense of belonging and acceptance and a sense that you know you can make a mistake and we'll still be here for you, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we won't give up on you because you hypothetically, like, you relapsed. Because you messed up. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, you had an outburst because yeah. you were having a bad yeah. day and yeah. that's it. You're done. You can't come back for a year. Yeah. Like, that's not the organ- That's not the communities that the three yeah. of us built, right? Yeah. It's about acceptance and belonging and forgiveness and just really, like, compassion. Yeah. And not, not a lot human. of grace in there either, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. We're all human, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The youth will outburst at the drop-in. And when I was 16, I'm sure I had an outburst with my mom. Yeah. Like, oh, and it geez. wasn't, well, you're you're done. You're out the door now <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life. It was, okay, let's talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same thing, right? Fostering, like, family type of relationships with Well, We, we can talk about when you're 16, people. but not here, right? <laughs> no, that was a long time ago. Yeah, let's go yeah, for definitely good. Definitely not me. That conversation's <laughs> over. You said two things that really, really resonated with me because, um, um, we, we, we do a book study here with a lot of the grads, and it's called Destination Joy. And Ernie Larson, the author, says that the two basic human needs are love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And everything boils down to love and acceptance. And, and that's what I think yeah. we all do, right? We, that's what we're doing and, and, and what we provide. Yeah. Unconditional love and acceptance, no matter where you are at. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what you've done. Yeah. Like your past doesn't define your present or yeah, your future, yeah. right? It's your past. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> you just made bad choices. Yeah. But it doesn't dictate who you are as yeah. a future person. Yeah. Um, 
John was was uh, in our pre pre pod conversation. John had made a note that at Restoring Hope, the youth often travel together. They form their own community group and environment to feel safe and supported by one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what type of what type of uh, community? Uh, even when there's we're talking about people who are homeless or or um, living out on the street, what type of communities do you see that they create? So, so for the youth um, at Restoring Hope, I actually think it is like so neat mm-hmm. how they will like take new youth that they've never met before. Like this is the first time they interact with one another and they will take them like under their wing and like try to take care of them and protect them. So like we will have new youth come into the shelter brand new onto the streets. They don't know much at all. They don't know what services are available what organizations are open when when drop-ins are open stuff like that and our youth will be like hey this is what we're doing today you can come and spend the day with us Mm -hmm. and we'll make sure that you know you get to the ysb drop-in or you get to operation come home or you get wherever you need to be like we'll ensure you get there safely so you can get the services you need so they kind of like they all huddle together mm-hmm, as like mm-hmm, a kind of like a mm-hmm. family thing and they will take care of and protect new youth but at the same time if it's just like our regular crowd of youth like they'll make plans together and mm-hmm. it'll be like okay so what are we doing tomorrow like during the pandemic a lot of drop-ins were closed mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so they were trying to figure out what options do we have open or places to go to get food to have a shower whatever it is but they will make plans all together and then they will leave the shelter all together Mm -hmm. and they'll spend the day and they'll take care of one another. And then they'll come back to the shelter that night and they'll be like, Oh, um, hypothetically, like Ashley hurt her hand today. Can you check her out Mm -hmm. and see if she needs like some first aid or like Kelty trip today while skateboarding and she scraped her knee. How did you know I skateboarded? (laughs) (laughs) You you kind of have that vibe, you know? You skateboard, I love it. That's amazing. But so like things like that. We're gonna throw the videos up later. I definitely want to see videos. If there are videos, I do want to see the videos. So it's just it's it's nice that you know they still have an open heart, and even though they've been through so much trauma. And so many bad experiences, they're still willing to be vulnerable and help other yeah. youth in the situation. And it's still a, a, a community in itself. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're just, they're a community, like, you'll see them. They come in, like, little groups. Yeah, yeah. And they're all little communities. Yeah. And then you'll know if something went bad that day or if someone's not coming to the drop-in, one of the other youth will tell you, yeah, right? Yeah, well, they're not yeah. coming today because this happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So how do, do you see the same thing at, at Capitol? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I, I really resonate with, with a lot of that. And it's kind of like the places that we're creating the mm-hmm. space for this to happen is, um, you know, it, it allows, it's like the hub that allows the spokes to go out in a way, you yeah. know, or, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, someone will send me a pictures on Facebook of what some of the guys went and did in the afternoon when they left the drop in yeah. just, yeah. just like you're describing. So yeah, for sure. I resonate that. And I think especially with youth, I often like, if I'll see a new youth, mm-hmm. uh, five minutes later, he'll like come back with three people. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I just found this place. You all have to come yeah, see this yeah, place, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is which is sort of neat um, yeah. among the youth, especially. Yeah. yeah, 
That's true. Yeah. We've had a lot yeah. of that happen. Yeah. Like new, like youth that we know bring in other youth who have unfortunately become homeless. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you should come here. Like they have food and they have clothes and they'll chill and play like games with you or video games with you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah for it's, sure. Yeah. It's now, nice. now at Restoring Hope, your, your, your uh, communities are a bit little younger in age. Yes. You got the whole spectrum. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We have young people. We have quite a few seniors. Um, yeah, many people that have been part of our community for 20 years. Yeah. So they were young people. And now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now you see yeah. they're older. So you, you <laughs> yeah. get that, that, that layering yeah, we community. and we do get yeah we get some neat intergenerational connections yeah. that happen and oh, nice. um you know at first blush when you walk into our doors it kind of looks like a coffee shop you mm-hmm. know we're a bit less industrial than some spaces and so you walk in and people think they're in a coffee shop try to pay for their coffee and I explain no no it's like it's a drop in center everyone's welcome but everything is free and you know they're they're surprised by that yeah um but how it's different than a coffee shop is strangers sit down at a coffee shop and when they leave they're still strangers yes. Yes. but at the yes. dropping quickly it's a stranger becomes a friend and then over the years really these are like family connections yeah. that form between yeah. people yeah that's, that's amazing. fabulous yeah mm. yeah okay now that we've we've had the pretty picture of community mm-hmm. let's flip the coin Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Isolation? What challenges are there in community? Mm. There can so be quite a few. There's few, right? Yeah, yeah, there can be quite a few challenges in community, depending on what level, like we're talking about. So let's 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 do the obvious. What are the obvious challenges to living in community? Disagreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For our, like for us, because we are the young, with the younger, it's just a lot of like friendships and dating that are crossing <laughs> lines and then it all gets intermingled and yeah, then yeah. one day they're all friends and the next day they all hate each other and then the following day three of them are friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like. You need a scorecard. <laughs> you, yeah. Sometimes you yeah, do yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like personality, right? And yeah. just like things shifting and evolving, like their relationship shifting and evolving. What about challenges from other communities? Not in my backyard. Oh, mm. I don't like to think about that. No, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah. There definitely is. Yeah. I mean, it's something. It's something as 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 people like us who who offer services for people who as I would say, so, so desperately need them and deserve them, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't think that it should be where they reside or in their neighborhood or... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's one of my irks. For us, um, I would say, I mean, over the years, there have been different things with neighbors, but yeah. I would say generally we have a pretty supportive neighborhood mm-hmm. and... Uh, especially during COVID, you know, neighbors stepped up and offered donations, baked cookies, popped by the window to say, you know, keep yeah. it up, that sort of thing. Um, but we certainly do have neighbors who, you know, wish we were located um, somewhere else. And I, when we encounter that, I usually try to remind them, you know, uh, many of the people that come to the drop-in on a regular basis actually live in 
the community housing building that's in the same block as you live in. And actually, these folks have been living there for 20 years. Yeah. And you've recently come to the neighborhood. So, um, and I don't always do that as grace, grace, gracefully <laughs> as maybe I should. And oh I, and I, have, <laughs> yeah, and I have, and I have had to offer apologies yeah, and, you yeah. know, with well, humility. We like, I, to, we like to say here amends. Yeah. Yes. My, uh, yeah. my coworker, Matthew, uh, I think he's called me a mama bear on occasion, yeah. but um, no, I think, I mean, that's really the key thing is to, re- to remind everyone in the community that, uh, people are coming here because they're part of this community yes. yeah. and um, you know we try to find activities to bring us together bring people together yeah. you know we yeah. had a barbecue on the weekend yes, and yes. we were giving out freezies and you know freezies are pretty I, I easy I to wanna, hand out to everyone uh, yeah. even if they don't want to wait, wait I don't want to get sidetracked but you just brought something up and I don't want to forget to talk about it okay because uh, Bethel Church did their impact uh, Sunday or weekend, mm-hmm. and they were they went to a bunch of organizations in the city. Yeah, we great. were one of them. You were one of them. Um, yeah, how did it go? Check out your painting. Yeah, yeah. See if we should have them hired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was great. We we had a barbecue with them on Saturday. Yeah. I actually wasn't there. I was taking a course, yeah. but uh, my coworker said it was great. The community really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a really nice day. Excellent. I love to see stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. love to see stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Hence our, our uh, annual celebration supper, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is lacking in our community? Resources. <laughs> funding. So, so we can so make our community let's better. let's start at the top. Resources and funding. Yeah. 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 And just collaboration between organizations. Oh, well, we're going to save that one for, for, later. for a, few, okay. a few more points down okay. the, down that, the, that one I down the road of, of the input. conversation. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a point for me too. Yeah. yeah okay. The collab- yeah. Um, okay. um, lacking. So let's start, as we were saying with, with funding and, 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 uh, money. Um, I'm always, um, uh, an advocate because what we do, a lot of us do not receive government funding. No. Right. Does Restoring Hope nope. receive government? Does Capital City receive government funding? No, and Jericho Road doesn't either. Yeah. yeah. So, have you guys ever heard of the halo effect? Yes. You've told me I about told it. I told you. <laughs> yes. You should tell us all yes. about it. You should. <laughs> Share yes. with the world. Because it, 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 I think it's very important that people understand what the halo effect is. So, the halo effect says that that for, for every $5 you donate to a nonprofit like us, mm-hmm we're able to produce $10 in services. And if you're a government agency, every $5 that a government agency has, they're able to provide a dollar in services. So it's... it's I can the... agree to that. Working for the government as one of the jobs, <laughs> and, yeah. And that's because we're, as I always I give this uh, um, uh, kudos to the old uh, executive director, Jericho Hope, mm. and she would always use the word scrappy because we're scrappy. Right, we're able to do a lot with very little. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is? Because we're resourceful. Mm. What does that mean? Because so, if someone's tuning in tonight and mm-hmm. they don't know, what is that? What do you mean by that? So, we find ways of stretching our money and on using other resources in our communities to be able to stretch mm-hmm. that money further. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, none of us are government funded, right? 
Restoring Hope, we did get a few grants through the city of mm-hmm. Ottawa because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But they were just like one-time grants, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, just yeah. yeah I'm not same. talking grants. Yeah, I'm talking so, like a, a, a regular. So, yeah, so yeah. we don't get funded either. Yeah. So we do a lot of fundraising like everyone else does. But it's just learning like where we can use that money the most efficiently mm-hmm. and how we can stretch the money and to use other resources to so that we can stretch the money further. So for like what I'm what I mean is we get lots of fundraising and we get lots of funding and donations from people, um, which is what helps us keep stay open. Yeah. Um, but we need a lot of that money to be able to pay staff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not funded. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for meals? What does that mean for lunches? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for food at the drop-in? So then we like outreach to our volunteers. Like, so all of our meals, all of our dinnertime meals are made by volunteers. Mm-hmm. All of our lunches are items that are donated that we turn into lunches. Mm-hmm. So we're not spending our money on things like food mm-hmm. and socks and your basic necessities. We get that as donations in mm-hmm. so that we can focus the money on spending it on staff power. Mm-hmm at the shelter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that we can be present for our youth and yeah. then for expanding our services. Yeah. So that's what I mean by being resourceful. Yeah. It's just using like everyone and everything in your community around you mm-hmm. to be able to make the most of the money that you have. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all very excellent at that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, we've all had to learn how to do it, mm-hmm. right? Without yeah, being of course, funded. Of course, like, of course. So, so what would you say is, is lacking in your community? I mean, if I, I, if I asked you, yeah, give me the top three things that you would want right now, if you could have them. One staff, two staff and a building. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've been working. I get the staff thing. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's never enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. So recently, I've been working on some grant application stuff, and some of it's more new to us, and we're figuring out how to do it. Uh, but it's interesting, like, you know, pl- demonstrate this program. But I, I'm always thinking in terms of staff. Like, if I had a person yes. that could do this, mm-hmm. who knows what could happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Versus, yeah. you know, we're going to accomplish this program. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we need a staff, yeah. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. um, and I think that goes back this, to this what is... one person can do in a small organization yeah. is creative, is changing, is mm. this. This is a, a thorn in my side. So mm. I'll probably say it because I'm a bit more forward. <laughs> <clears throat> Why is it that every grant wants a specific project? Oh. Right? Right? Why? Why? Why can't you just give us I, money? I, you know, I'm running out of projects. You know? I don't Why need more can't projects. you just give us money to fund the programs that are existing? Exactly. Right? So then I, we can I, focus I on yeah. new projects. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's a thorn in my pride. Or in my pride, thorn in my side. Yeah. Maybe I'm it's just, both. I'm just happy uh, I yeah. don't do the yeah. grants. Yeah. Okay. Now. This is a big one that we wanted to talk about, that we talked about uh, in our pre-pod, independence versus community. Why are we taught to be strong, unique individuals? And that's something that actually inhibits our sense of community. Why is it society teaches us to be strong, independent, not 
requiring or asking anything of anybody else. You got to stand on your own two feet. Yeah. When, in fact, as we were talking before, I firmly believe that we're designed to to live in community. That's how we started, right? Yeah. We started yeah. in communities. So where 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 are we getting sideways in society by sending those messages? Do you think it's a taught thing? Do you think it's 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 a it's a uh, a commercial thing? Yeah, I mean, it, North America is an individualistic society yeah. rather than a, a communal, and yeah. I think we need to slow down and start looking at communities or countries that have a more communal approach to life. And I mean, that that applies to lessons in really all aspects. It applies yeah. to how we handle recovery it mm -hmm. applies to how we care for our elders in our society you know all mm -hmm. of these areas are impacted by individualism versus a more communal approach um, when you say a communal approach so for someone who who wouldn't know what that is can can you expand on that just a little what does a communal approach look like i mean it, it can look like a multi-general generational household yeah. uh, it can look like even just how decisions are made in a society whether it's you know our ethic is about the group or whether it's about individual yeah, rights, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of things yeah, really yeah I, I like that the intergenerational because we we just don't see that right mm -hmm. yeah um what do you think on that I think as a society, like a North American society culture, we have become very selfish. And that is where a lot of the individuality comes into play rather than community because it's all about like me, me, me and what I need right now and not about how it might affect other people in our lives or like different things. The one thing that like comes to mind like immediately when with when you said communal was I have clients that come from different countries. And what they want from me and expect from me is something I'm completely not used to. So, like, they want me, hypothetically, like, to help them apply for childcare, but they want me to do the application for them. They want, they need a new driver's license, so they want me to go and do the driver's license for them. But because from where they're from, it's a community. Everyone does everything together. Yeah. And everyone helps each other out. Yeah. So you're having a bad day as a mom. It's okay. We'll take the baby yeah, for yeah, the day. Yeah. You go and do whatever you yeah, need to yeah. do. But we're here as a community for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay that you're having a bad day. And it's validated. And it's, you know, there is just a community approach to helping and nurturing yeah. and loving. And that's part of that intergenerational, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge You know, part of you it. need to go to the government uh, building to get a driver's license. And so grandma's going to take care of the kid. And yeah. Because you're all living together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. a lot easier yeah. to yeah. go and do things yeah. like that. To because, navigate. Yeah. 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 Whereas now, like in our North American, you know, it's mom and dad both are usually working. Yeah. They're trying to raise the kid. They're having a hard time. The mom needs a day off. She feels bad, you know, because there's no one to take care of the kids. Yeah. So then she feels selfish. So. I think it brings in a lot of, I think our individualistic aspect brings in a lot of depression mm. and anxiety in our society because we need those connections. Yeah. We mm -hmm. need the support. We need that 
community. Like we started off as human beings, as being part of communities. You had your hunters, you had your gatherers, everyone lived together, everyone shared all the food. You helped each other out with the children, with the cleaning, everything, yeah. right? That's how we yeah. started in life. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have a friend and, and, and he lives in the West End of Ottawa and, and I was dropping something off at his house. And, and as I was dropping something off, his, his neighbor was outside and, and I waved at the neighbor and I walked up his steps and I rang the doorbell and I was like, I waved at your neighbor and he's all the way out. And I said, who is it? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> never met him <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean you don't know yeah. i'm not talking to a neighbor five doors down no, like, i'm right talking your neighbor yeah. right <laughs> and he's like kevin i've lived here for 20 years and i don't know anybody on my street oh my gosh and i'm like what is wrong with that <laughs> you know now yeah, i wanted to say what's wrong with you but <laughs> but the neighbor was probably the same yeah, yeah. right so what where have we gotten lost well yeah off track yeah where you know like i think i think of where i live in barhaven and we live in a condo and there's there's a, a walkway up and then there's four doors to each condo right mm -hmm. and my wife knows i mean she has them all down for coffee constantly and <laughs> and, and you know and they're sitting in the backyard and yeah. having cake and all that and it drives me nuts but <laughs> the point is she's she comes from she's filipino so she she oh. comes from a country where community is is huge yeah. right and oh, so yeah. and so here she she's like i gotta know every i've got to know who, what do you mean you don't know who your neighbors are you know it's so we're yeah. so backwards mm -hmm. in our in our thinking yeah. in our actions and and so i i guess the big question is wh why are we like this what 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 where have we gotten sidetracked that we don't know good question isn't it yeah because like seriously where what had like what mm -hmm. happened in history that has led us that's what to, i'm thinking does this like, go back to the 50s like our parents astray. or their parents or further further you think the american dream it's the american <laughs> <laughs> you're right though the american, the american dream. dream it's yeah. very individualist it is yeah, yeah. It's capitalism capitalism <laughs> yeah it's yelling. true yeah it's yeah. all about the rich getting richer and Everyone else kind of trying to make it, yeah. <laughs> make it through and survive. Yeah. Even though we have enough money in this world to literally feed the entire world, yeah. but we don't do it. So if that's the case, then why do we do what we do? If everybody just wants to be individual, why do we, why do we work at where we work? Why do we do community the way we do community? Because I know how badly I need community. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, for me, for sure, the yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you get out of community? Um, support. Yeah. Um, compassion. Mm. Uh, energy. Fun. Mm. <laughs> energy. Mm -hmm. um, Connection. Yeah. Mm, that's a big one, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, like, connecting with one another. Yeah. I think, yeah, understanding. Mm. Mm -hmm. When you see people going through something, you realize, oh, they're going through something too. It's not just me. And yeah, 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 yeah. And that's huge to know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. What do you, just in a, in a hypothetical situation, what do you think would happen if your community closed down? A lot of people would become pretty isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people would be 
a lot more people would be hanging out on the street instead of in a building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And COVID kind of gave you a taste of that, right? Yep. Yeah. Of, of the, yeah, it's been hard yeah. not, I mean, of course, we're now back inside, yeah, yeah, but yeah. those months No, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, if we had outdoors. to close our services, close our doors down, yeah. mm -hmm. COVID kind of gave us a little taste of of what what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And just like this thinking about individualism and how we, you know, set up our social services and all of these things, we're really recognizing that uh, one gap is is that community support piece between the services, you know, provided by the royal or... Mm -hmm you know doctor's office or even dental like all of these things are offering good services that people can access mm -hmm. but there's a barrier to access yes. when individuals don't have the felt support that they need to get to those things like you know anxiety is a huge barrier that keeps people from you know i can book an appointment for someone yeah but if their anxiety is not going to allow them to get onto a bus and leave their neighborhood and go to that appointment, mm -hmm. then there's a piece missing and I need to fill that yeah. gap yeah. so yeah, that yeah. someone is accompanied to yeah. an appointment. Yeah. You yeah. know, if, if I find out from my doctor that there's been bad news on a test result, I'm going to bring someone with me to that appointment, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm going to do that. And so many people don't have, have that support. And so that's an area we're really trying to grow our ability to support people and just accompaniment to whatever it need, whatever it is that they need yeah. support to achieve, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. We're not there yet, but that's, yeah. you know, a goal and we do yeah. it ad hoc and it needs to be more and more, but. You just gave me, you just gave me a thought uh, on the definition of community. And I think, I think I, I would like to reevaluate my definition of community. Okay. And I think community is the removal of barriers. Hmm. Yeah. That yeah. just hit me after you talked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Now <clears throat> we get to the meat and potatoes. You ready? I love meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do we think is the best way? for us as organizations to encourage one another and collaborate. As I always say on this podcast, take the silos down. How do we start taking the silos down? Feel free to jump in or I will. <laughs> I love how you're looking at me. <laughs> the stare is so serious. Um, yeah. So let's let's start off with what are the barriers? What are the barriers for organizations like us to to uh, encourage and collaborate with one another? A lot of time. It's time. That's yeah. As soon just, as you said a lot of time, I was gonna yeah. say, okay, you can stop there. <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. Just time. Time yeah. to capacity. Capacity. Yeah. 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 Mentioning again, going back to grants, we did not get this grant, unfortunately, but no. that's okay. We we'll keep We'll keep working at it. But no, we, we were sort of developing this community support position. And within that role, uh, a big section of what, you know, that person would have done would be to go and visit the other centers in our community, yeah, learn the other social supports yeah. so that we can, you know, facilitate better. Um, yeah. But when, you know, you're... ED is doing frontline work and community support and chaplaincy, 
Yeah. yeah. It is hard yeah. to make the space. Yeah. And I'm learning more and more as I go along the value of those connections. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. now I have other leaders like you and uh, Alan from Matthew House and just different people that if I need to figure out, you know, what do I do about bylaws? I can phone someone else who's already thought about mm-hmm. this. Or been through it. Versus yeah. just, yeah. you know, starting to Google and yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a huge value added to know uh, your peers yeah. in this yeah. line of work. Yeah. I agree. What do you think about uh, the barriers? What's a big barrier, do you think, for, for you as a, a leader in your uh, community? to, to um, encourage and, and support other organizations. Right now, it's, it's very similar to what Kelsey was saying. It's time and yeah. capacity. Yeah. Like, I'm personally, like, I'm so overloaded with work at the shelter that even if I, like, was so eager, like, to go and yeah. network, there is <clears throat> nothing left in me at the end of the day right now to go and do it. Yeah. And if we had more resources and more funding, I could delegate some of my tasks away so I could go and network more yeah. and collaborate with other agencies and try to, like, have a seamless system. Like, that's my biggest thing is I think that all of us in organizations like this that are similar, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just have, like, one seamless system that had our client information Oh, jeez. Like a database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, right? yeah, I'll, that be, we could... I'll be long and gone before we ever <laughs> see something like that, that happen. That we could all, like, get on and yeah. be in. We would I all agree, have our I agree, names. yeah, yeah, And that yeah. way it's... Yeah, it... for the utopian dream, yeah. Yeah, but it would just yeah. it would make it so much easier for all organizations to support the yeah. same individual, right? Because then yeah. we could see what gaps there were, what they're missing, yeah. what they need. So, like, for me, that's why at the shelter we started... The core program. That's mm-hmm. why I wanted the core program because core stands for combining our resources effectively. So it is an addiction. Oh, I like that. It is an addiction yeah, intervention yeah. program, but it I developed it because I noticed that I had a youth who wanted to go to withdrawal management, but there was a two-week wait list. So what are they doing in the middle? They're sitting there and they relapse and then they forget or they don't want to go Combining to withdrawal management resources effectively. Any, anymore, right? So we developed mm. the core program. So I'm their interim. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we've done your application for withdrawal management. They're telling us it's a two-week wait list. But we can call every day. Mm-hmm. So I will be by your side for the next two weeks and we will be in constant contact. And mm-hmm. whatever you need, you let me know mm-hmm. so that we can get you to that two-week mark so you can get into withdrawal management mm-hmm. and get into yeah. services yeah. that you require. Yeah. But interim, there are, there's nothing, right? Yeah. It's just do this, show up on this date. Mm-hmm. But they're for us, like they're kids, they're youth. So you want a 16 year old yeah. to remember that in two weeks they still want to be sober yeah, yeah, and to yeah. show up at yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah, with yeah, a yeah. health card and this and that. And yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's not going to happen. It's not, yeah. It's, it's, and it's not fair to them. Like, yeah. they're, I wouldn't have been able to do that 16 yeah. years old. You're putting a lot of the onus on, on, on them. Yeah. When it should be the other and way around. Yeah. They're children. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they are still children. They need that leadership. Yeah. They need that support. So, yeah, my biggest thing is that we, we need a system that allows organizations to collaborate yeah. better. And to be able to provide seamless services for the same client. Yeah. 
but because we all offer different stuff. Yeah, yeah. So rather than like having organizations constantly offering the same thing, but with a different organization, like we could all work together. And that's what that's what I always say. Nothing we do is proprietary, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no secret sauce to Capital City Mission or Jericho Road or Restoring Hope. Well, we serve Equator coffee now, so it's pretty special. That's the secret coffee. coffee. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in, in what we do, right, there's, there's nothing uh, so secretive or proprietary that we don't want anybody else knowing what we do. No. Right? So, so that begs the question, then why aren't we? And I think, I think, you know, you guys have hit it on the head. The big one is capacity. Mm-hmm. And we're all juggling so many balls at, at the same time that to find the time to do that, right? And then the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit, And we hit, had more right? balls to juggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe... But then I think you know just the fact that we're having this conversation well, that, speaks to the fact that we're all recognizing that it is useful and yeah. that it is even just encouraging and you know a good example is you know us doing coldest night yeah. of the year together doing it to two organizations two groups of volunteers uh makes it that much easier to yeah. host an event mm-hmm. get a community and a together lot more fun. Yeah. 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 You make the meetings fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm usually very lost. Anyways. Okay. So, so, um, how do we begin? Let's, let's, you know, AA always teaches us problem, solution, plan of action. We know what the problem is. We know what the solution is. <laughs> yep. What's the plan of action? Where do we begin? What would you think is the place where we begin? I think this is a good beginning. I was just about to say, yeah. you've, You've interviewed at least eight community leaders yeah. this year, so yeah. get us all into this. Well, now, now, say that again. Say that again. You've been promising, yeah. promising us dinner, yes. all of us. So. Yes, it was. It was uh, Kate Saunderson, John, from the place next door. Place. A place, place to, to go. go. Yes, and that's what she said. We need to have a big, a big, a big yeah. dinner because yeah. food always, you know. Oh yeah! yeah if yeah. you have free food, I'm there. Yeah, Christian crap. All the Let's time. Go. Yeah, 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 all yeah, the yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So maybe that's maybe that's something as as the three of us leaders can maybe yeah. take a look at if we start spreading out the duties and responsibilities of having a, a social gathering yeah. with all the social service agencies and ministries in Ottawa and just get together and at least say hello to one another. Yeah, and get to like right? know one another, yeah. get some like connections going. Yeah. So if we need something or yeah, like I think that would be really Good. And just also, like, it would also allow us to just know kind of what other resources are available that maybe we're not fully aware of. Well, that's just of, it, right? right? Yeah, so, yeah. Cause sometimes, like, I don't know how many times in, in, in my job I've gone, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Or even just how to access something. You yeah. Know, today, yeah. today I was interacting with someone and I was like, this person would be just a perfect fit for one of the Shepherds of Good Hope sort of more supportive but Mm. independent apartment buildings like this is kind of exactly the fit for this person but i I don't actually have any idea how someone can get into that building or does it who even someone exits the shelter or can people Mm -hmm. go from och into one of these contexts and so you know even me i have all these questions about what coordination Mm -hmm. could look like Mm -hmm. for this person yeah um yeah, so just knowing more about each other makes a huge difference, I think. Yeah, I love the core acronym. Yeah. I think that's the name of our new group. You right? should, you should right? wait for my, the, the withdrawal <laughs> management acronym. <laughs> You'll like that one, too. 
I don't want to leave uh, uh, this conversation, but we have to leave this conversation because we have 10 minutes left. And I want to talk about gratitude. What are what you, are you gr- grateful for? <laughs> I knew you were going to look at me. Kevin, tell us what you're grateful for. Yeah. What am I grateful for? <clears throat> I'm grateful. He's grateful uh, for air. Well, yeah. Okay. Someone had to say it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. yeah you, you paid her to say it. I know you did. I'm very grateful for, um, um, really, in the context of what we're talking about, I'm very grateful for all the communities and, and ministries and churches and, and people who keep us running. Yeah. You know, because without them, we'd have nothing to offer anybody. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people in this city pour, uh, uh, pour into our organizations, uh, not only their time, their effort, their energy, but also financially, mm-hmm. um, uh, materially. Right. And, um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that because, without them we wouldn't we would the three of us wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation yeah so so that's that's my my i guess my my jericho road executive director hat gratitude my personal uh gratitude is um i've i've had a lot of personal challenges lately i'm moving oh Oh, that's, that's yes, it's you know, yeah, yeah, and and um, um, I've had a lot of personal challenges just with family. My mom's getting older, and da da da, and you know, there's always challenges and navigating the the system and and whatnot. But I'm very grateful that, um, and I don't want to sound uh, a really twelve step cheesy, but I'm really grateful for for God and that I have someone to give those worries away and only deal with the ones that I have in front of me today mm-hmm. just today and and i'm 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 yeah i'm very grateful for that otherwise i'd be a basket case yeah yeah, yeah. who's up kelpie's looking at me eyebrow yeah. raised. <laughs> it's you it's you girl um so you kind of touched on what i was thinking for my executive Side, yeah, you know, yeah. restoring hope. Hat well, we side. have to have the two hats. Yes, right? we have because to have the two we're, hats. We're here in both contexts. Yeah. So from, yeah, so from the restoring hope side, I'm just incredibly grateful for the amount of support we've gotten throughout the pandemic, when most other organizations were shutting their doors down. Mm-hmm. We never did. Our doors never closed once. Okay, that's a lie. They closed, but it was because of the truck rally. Did not close because of the pandemic, because we physically couldn't get to the shelter because of the tr- the convoy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's another episode. <laughs> yeah, but so the amount of donations and help and people reaching out to us during the pandemic, mm-hmm. when we thought it was going to decrease, right? Because people had job loss, people were all, like mm-hmm. were sick. There was all yeah. this stuff, so we thought it was going to like our funding was just going to crash right but it didn't it was probably one of our strongest years mm. in fundraising without even our fundraising events because we can host, host them yeah, right yeah, yeah. so I get it. but our like our donors our volunteers like they are what ensured that our doors stayed open the entire pandemic mm-hmm. and so when <clears throat> other services like youth services bureau and operation come home had to shut down we were able to open up a daytime drop-in instead so that the youth would still have somewhere to come. Mm-hmm. So 
for me, I'm just like unbelievably grateful for the amount of support that we've had during this pandemic and just all of like the love and the prayers and just like it was a community coming together to ensure that our doors were going to stay open for mm-hmm. our youth. And to me, that's beautiful because mm-hmm. I was personally nervous mm-hmm. that we were going to have a negative impact and mm-hmm. it was going to impact our youth. The second thing I'm like super thankful for organization wise, we did not knock on wood ever have a COVID outbreak. Wow. Not one. Wow. So yeah. we had no COVID outbreaks. We have been super diligent. Um, but like to me, that's amazing because yeah. every other shelter, oh, no matter how hard yeah. everyone's trying, yeah. right? Everyone yeah. else had outbreaks yeah. and doors were shut down yeah. and people were quarantined. We never did. Not one Not staff we, member. Well, we've had st- like we've had like a staff habit, but they, it wasn't from it work. Wasn't, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, from yeah. school or yeah, from yeah, their yeah, other yeah. job. Yeah. Or, but at our shelter, we have yeah. never had. As I say, again, all the, the snot nosed kids running around spreading COVID. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then from okay, personal gratitude. My personal <clears throat> gratitude is since the pandemic started, I have. This will get like a little cheesy and personal. Um, I have been focusing a lot on my mental health mm-hmm. and my mental well-being. Um, and I'm just honestly really thankful for the amount of healing that I've done in the past year, year and a half, and how much more self-compassionate I've become to myself, which has allowed me to carry that on to other people. Mm. So I have, I still have a long way to go, but I have healed so much more than I thought I did or would have. And I didn't realize this till last night. Um, and I'm just so proud, mm-hmm. you know, like it's hard. It's mm-hmm. a hard journey. Um, like I have mental health problems mm-hmm. as well. I see a count like a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really grateful. Well, that for just makes you one of us. The healing journey, right? <laughs> Psychologists, I know. It's, that's just what happens in the field. We all have our yeah, own like psych yeah, on speed yeah, dial yeah, here. Yeah. So for, yeah, that's, and then for just for my support system around me to just keep me on track and yeah. just be there for me. Excellent. You're up. You're up. I'll do, I'll do the, the capital studio. city mission hat on first. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you guys have, have said a lot that I would echo um, in terms of, yeah, extra community su- support during the pandemic in all sorts of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess my most specific, one would be the staff team that I've had during mm. the pandemic. Uh, so uh, year one of the pandemic, we hired on an extra staff, uh, and that was Pam Bennett, who worked here for many Ooh, years. I love Pam. And, Hi, uh, Pam, if you're watching. <laughs> and uh, she's just an incredibly uh, positive person. Yeah. And so to bring so that, much energy to bring that person on staff for that you know first year year and a yeah. bit of the pandemic was was really, really incredibly helpful to us as an organization, uh, to me personally. And then she moved on to do other things more related to the field that she's been studying. And so that's really, really great for her. And as that was happening, we hired on somebody else who's been a great fit for the organization, who's got super great administrative skills mm-hmm. to, to get nice. me in line. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'm very, the whip. Yeah, very yeah. grateful uh, for the staff team I've been working with. Before you get to personal gratitude, yeah. I just want to point something out. Okay. If this if this was in any other context, <clears throat> let's say this was the business world, I would be sitting here going, 
how could she go and go and work over there, right? Yeah. She worked here and she left here. You know, how dare she? <laughs> but I think I checked with hope. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in this context, all I, all's I feel is happiness for Pam because yeah. she's such a... a a special person and 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 capital city mission is so close to our hearts i think it's just wonderful that we yeah. could sh share someone like that i i know that sounds possessive no, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. i don't mean it to sound possessive but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. okay personal yeah. gratitude uh again i'm gonna echo here but i think i would as i was reflecting on it i was just thinking about like the support system that i've had during you know this covid season and family members stepping up to make sandwiches for the drop-in yes it's the drop-in but it also mm -hmm. saves me making sandwiches yeah, and sure. so as i go through stuff you know people phoning checking in mm -hmm. uh, yeah i'm grateful to have a good support system beautiful uh and then last but not least i just want to say thank you to the two of you great great to be here i i, yeah. I was thinking the other day you know um I think I think the three of us are innovators because I think we're three organizations that have started working together, yeah, and supporting one another. Yeah. And nothing nothing makes us happier here than being able to uh, uh, support restoring hope. I mean, the D House, the guys make a meal there once a month, and and I think that's something we should have been doing a long time ago, and 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 partnering, of course, with you for so long with with coldest night of the year. And helping out where we can, and, and sharing um, uh, resources. I, I think, I think we are the what's the word? The pioneers. Of you know, starting yeah. to take those silos down and working with each other. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for the two of you, and and uh, and I just say that I hope um, the next year is just as wonderful as the uh, as it can be and i hope that god blesses both your ministries thank you thank you Likewise. for having yeah. us uh for more information or to donate uh visit restoring hope and capital city mission online at restoringhope.ca and capitalmission.com capital city mission capital city mission.com thanks for listening to another episode of the recovery connection Join us live on Facebook and YouTube the second and fourth Thursday of each month where we will be chatting with community partners and friends on topics that are important to us. The Recovery Connection is also available on all major platforms such as Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Follow, like and share our social media accounts and stay up to date on any upcoming conversations or learn more about the work we are doing in Ottawa at jerichoroad.ca. Thanks a bunch for listening, and we'll chat next time.